an Ironic Media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. All right, welcome back to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. If this podcast has been broadcasting healing vibes into your life, please follow on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. Your review helps other people find this podcast and the transformations continue. And don't forget to share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit. Let's heal together. This is the first day that I didn't wear black and white. According to our tradition, for 100 days, you were all black or black and white. Today, I was like, I talked to my husband. We getting ready to go on a, a trip just to heal a healing trip, me, uh, my husband and my younger son. I'm like, I'm just going to be bringing black and white to honor my son for a hundred days. And we were discussing that and, and we were like, Andrew, that's my, my son's name, would never want you to be in pain, in sorrow, to live life like this. He want, would want you to be happy, full of colors, full of life. And I decided today, okay, for the podcast and from today, I will not wear black and white. It's like a reminder every day I choose black. But today I said, Andrew, I'm leaving my life for you. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. This show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, today on the podcast, I have Sastan Sukhazam. Did I do Perfect. it right? Okay, she's <laughs> yes, Dr. Sass. Her yeah. last name means happiness, so I'm super jealous. She's a very beautiful person. I'm very excited to introduce you to her. She has an incredible journey where she went from pharmacist to realizing there was a bigger picture to health and now uses mind, body, and spirit to help people to heal. Oh, you also were an officer and you were in charge of many soldiers, like, which is so cool. <laughs> you also were born and raised in Thailand and then you moved here at 12. So first of all, it's a very pivotal year for people. Would love to hear more about that. Just growing up in Thailand, I also want to know about that and how you were able to make this huge transformation from a doctor of pharmacy. So you have, you're a doctor. You went to integrative nutrition. I just want to read these two quotes that I found on her website, just so you all get a feel for who she really is. Because when I saw them, I, I, it hit me hard. And I even repeated it back to her before we got started. And it hit her hard because it's just the truth. And when you hear the truth, it resonates so deeply and purely with you. So one of her quotes on her website was, I'm honored. I'm starting to tear up. <laughs> it's okay. I am honored to serve humanity with conviction. and. <laughs> maybe it's, we both gonna be crying it's nice to meet another person who feels similarly to me and what matters most is that I serve all people from the bottom of my heart you can tell this is a special person that I'm about to interview so let's get started Dr. Sass well first of all you grew up in Thailand tell us about that growing up in Thailand was special 
and amazing at the same time. We don't have all the nicer things that we have in, in America. Growing up in Thailand, it's all nature. We weren't rich, so we pretty much were average Thai people. I remember walking for almost an hour to school. Oh, wow. We have one black and white TV that I, I normally sit with my, my grandfather and he loves Thai boxing. So I would watch that with him. Not that I love boxing. I just <laughs> love spending time with him. Aww. But I, I grew up amongst the most kind hardest family members you can ever find in, in the world. My grandparents who raised me, pretty much helped raise me because my mom was working all the time. We, she had to make ends meet. She, at one point, she was working five jobs. And five? We, wow. We finding ourselves, taking care of ourselves. I have one older brother and two older sisters. I'm the youngest. We will run around in the rice field, climb up on the ceiling and draw on, on the sand. The nature is our toys, the surroundings, our toys. We have dogs that we play with. It's a different world. Com coming to America was, was a big shock to me. Yeah, I yes. can imagine. My great uncle, my grandmother's brother, he's a healer. So going to his healing sanctuary, many people will come and see him. And I, as far as I can remember, I must have been five years old when I started meditating. <gasps> and I would sit there for hours. Oh. It was me and my two other sisters. And I remember just closing my eyes and being in silence. And all the adults were like, they're done meditating. <laughs> and we were <laughs> so great there for hours. And we grew up very spiritual until we came to America when all that was kind of not taking away, but we weren't in that environment anymore. Hmm. So we were thrust into this society where we go to church, but it's not like spirituality that I knew growing up. Hmm. It was like ripping me off of everything that I knew. It was rough. It yeah. was rough. First year when I went to school, besides trying to learn English and I don't understand everything, I didn't understand everything. I was probably in, in a shop for a year. I didn't speak to anybody for a whole year. So that was my childhood. Yeah. Uh, a lot more, but in a nutshell. Yeah, well, I, I definitely wish I had experienced a little bit of that, of living in Thailand and yeah. playing with nature as much as you sound like you did. And all that meditation, I mean... Mm -hmm. How amazing is that? I've I, I once heard that if all the children who are five years old started meditating, that we would end wars on earth, you know, like that it would just, it. yeah, I it would shift that. the consciousness so drastically mm -hmm. and children are so beautiful and so innocent and they just should experience meditation, right? I mean, yeah. they're mostly in a meditation anyway. It's like a moving meditation and a working meditation, but just teaching them how to tune into their body and mm -hmm. other things. So for one year, you, you're like from 12, you hear, you move here and then 13, you're a teenager, not talking to anybody. So did you wind up making friends? Did you 
find your way? I mean, how was that? Because already being a teenager sucks in 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 America. Like it's it, so hard. It, it's not big time. And I didn't when you're a kid, you don't realize that is the suckiest time of your life. Mm-hmm. And then being thrown into a different culture on top of I can't that. Even imagine. I, I didn't know. Looking back, I was probably in depression and didn't know it. I would talk to my family member, play with my cousins and stuff, but at school I was like total silent. And I have a few great friends that I still in contact with Cindy, Shiro, April, Lori, another Cindy after Cindy. Th- these are the friends that they're so, so sweet. They would make me feel at home, try to talk to me, be kind to me, try to make friends with me. And I'm forever grateful. I never told them that. Hmm. Well, now you have your chance. Now <laughs> I have my chance. It, 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 it makes a huge difference because you know how how mean kids can be. Oh, Other yeah. kids would make fun of me, how I dress and what I look like. And mm-hmm. But this group of great four or five friends, they're just wonderful. They, they didn't judge. They, they just think I, I, I look beautiful because I look different. <laughs> I have this black hair and they have brown hair. And, That's yeah, so wonderful. I, I definitely have to say I was one of those girls in school who, if you were a new person, I was always mm-hmm. trying to help integrate you into the school. And I remember it was kind of funny. There was this girl that lived sort of near me. I was like, all right, I'm going to do my best <laughs> to hang out <laughs> with this girl and make her feel welcome. And yeah. she was so bad at sports that I tried three different times to like, cause that was what I was into. So I, I tried three different times and she just couldn't play sports. And I was like, I just can't do this. <laughs> I mean, I was nice to her and she was around. I said, hi, but I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta move on. Uh, I tried yeah. <laughs> You tried the best you can. I did. Help. Yeah. But other people, obviously, I, I help to always include everybody, probably because that's just my nature. And I think we have people on this planet that are meant to to do yeah. that. That's really wonderful. So once you graduated high school, you put that all behind you and you went to school in West Virginia and you got your degree in pharmacology. Why did you choose that? <laughs> like, why did you go so far Western medicine yeah. versus? It's, it's not that deep, really. <laughs> You just were like, that's um, a good idea. It's, it's like, oh, what, whatever. I love math and I love computers. So I, I remember the last year of high school. I mean, I took many computer programming courses and I got it so well that it, it would take me like literally 15 minutes to finish a project that everybody took like two weeks to do. Oh, and I gosh. got so bored. I would walk around the hallway and I thought, oh yeah, I'll go to college and that's what I'll do. I'll be the programmer. Back then in the 80s, <laughs> the computer wasn't as fun as it is today. So I found myself being bored to death beside being the only woman mm. in, in the predominantly male subject that because they back then it's only boys like to program, right? Not many, many girls like to to do that. So I, I found myself kind of out of place. So I go, this is not for me. So I changed my major a couple of times. And then I finally settled in pharmacy because I like math, I like science, and I like to help people. So those are the three things. And the job market was good. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> that's good. And that's basically why I, I went to pharmacy. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was looking at your Instagram and you said this little girl just wanted air conditioning when she was little, <laughs> which by I, the I, way, I completely agree. I, yeah. it was hard when we didn't have air conditioning and I'm a huge fan. I sleep on a chili pad. Are you familiar with a chili pad? No, I sleep at 65 degrees. <laughs> so it's oh, a pad wow. that you lay on that helps you get really good deep sleep and keeps your body cool. And you go into hibernation mode kind of. And when I don't have my chili pad, I get cranky. <laughs> <laughs> so I could see why becoming a uh, pharmacist, you would have a wonderful life set up for you based on my research so that you hit a point where you were just like, this isn't doing what I thought it was going to be doing for people. And I had that moment, or I should say a similar moment when I was 26 years old and I was on a lot of medicines, well, two, sometimes more for asthma and allergies and my now partner, but she, I was just dating her at the time. She said, she used to make these drugs. She said to me, you take those drugs. And I said, you make these drugs. And she was like, I wouldn't take them. She said, your body isn't deficient in what's in that pill. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is my body deficient in then? And that's what got also the wheels going like, oh, yeah. so like something's not right in my body and it's missing something. So maybe I should find the thing that it's missing or need it. Right you realize kind of a similar thing was like, this isn't exact. I mean, it's Western medicine is great for anybody who is just wanting to go that path and not dive deeper. I totally think that's fine. If that's you, for me, mm -hmm. I just wanted something more. I kind of felt like it was a noose around my neck or like a ball and chain. I would always be carrying with me. Like I had to go refill my prescriptions wherever I was or never run out or whatever. I, mm -hmm. I, I just didn't like that feeling. And, and it was going to be another like 90 years of that or something like that. So I was like, that's a long <laughs> ass time. Maybe if I put a little effort in, maybe I can change this. And I did. So sorry, go ahead. <laughs> that's great. That's great. I, I have a similar idea that you have about medication. I mean, it's good. Western medicine is good in a sense that when you have an acute illness, when you have acute pain, you're in a car accident, you need anesthesia, you need all this stuff, you need the doctor who can operate on you. Definitely, there is a need there. But in the long term, like diabetes, depression, mental illness that we are seeing in the world, which is very sad, very mm -hmm. sad to see all these children and, and adults alike suffer from mental issues and it's not that they lack certain chemical that I believe they most people believe they lack it, it's more than that mm -hmm. it, it's the spiritual healing that we need on top of the nutrition mm -hmm. and maybe the western medicine will be a bridge while we you work your way through to get to that point where you open up and accept you are a spiritual being having a human experience. And many people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. And then when you realize that peace, you have a decision to wallow in your sorrow or accept the limitless spiritual being that you are and choose to be happy and see the beauty that there is in, in all the world and in all the people. And you, you, whatever you experience in that human being that you encounter, there's a perfect spirit behind that. 
And we are going through life reacting through stimulus that giving us, whether it be social media, the news, you know, what the president say, what happened in Russia, who cares? It, it just, what mattered the most is we are all one being. We are all connected. Mm-hmm. We are all love. That's it. And if you would look beyond that, Lord rage and all this stuff, not going to bother you. I'll give you an example because this incident came to my mind last week. Me, my husband, and, and my youngest son, we went to a restaurant. And it's like a Greek restaurant. And, and you go through the land and you kind of pick and choose what you want. And you tell them, oh, I want this and this. And the girl that serves us, she like <laughs> had the worst attitude. She's like, what do you want? Okay. All right. Here. Next. Stuff like that. And I was like, I have to say something to her. I know beneath all that attitude is a beautiful soul. So I was like, are you okay? It just seems like you don't want to be here. And then she looked at me. She smiled. She's like, like somebody noticed me. She's like, oh, I had such a rough day. And so I'm sorry. And my son jumped in because he also worked at a, at a fast food. He's like, I know exactly what you mean. She's like, oh, it's been a long day. My feet hurt. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And thank you for being here. After that, Chelfe just lit up. She smiled. And I think we sort of make up for the horrible day that she had. She just feel better after that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think these little things that we can give to every human being that we encounter, we don't judge because we don't know where people are coming from. We don't know why they react that way. Maybe something ha- traumatic happened in their life and they just have that you know, reaction to the world and they just need that one kindness, one little word that say, I care about you. I love you. I know how you feel. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And, and with just that, we can change the world. Mm-hmm. And it's one, so simple. Just one little thing. Just one little thing is so simple. When you were saying how we are uh, spirits having a human experience, it reminded me of part of my journey where I realized that I was way too attached to the stories and the things that have happened to me. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I was like, what if silly to think about this, but it's like, what if it was like a video game? And this is just like a very virtual reality game where mm-hmm. things are brought into my experience for me to like hop over the moving mushroom, or like, but only it's the human version of that, where we're trying yeah. to just get over these obstacles. And all of this is to up-level ourselves. And yeah. so if we look at it through the lens of like, I'm not going to take this personally, which is by far my favorite book by Don Miguel Ruiz Diaz, I believe I keep, I always, I always think I'm saying it wrong, but I'm probably not. Anyway, it's the four agreements. Don't mm-hmm. take it personally. It's just like part of the experience, part of the journey. We have to get uncomfortable to uplevel ourselves. Otherwise we just stay comfortable. So that just brought to memory that idea of like detaching from the stories and looking at it more objectively. And how can I rearrange my thinking around this? And then when you were talking about that woman that you had interacted with while you were at the fast food restaurant, it reminded me, I haven't thought of this in, 
I don't know, probably four or 30, I don't know, 40, I don't 20, I don't know, something years. I used to work at a deli. And I remember one summer I was like, why are people so ungrateful? <laughs> and I started crying. I was like, people never say thank you. And I was, I felt so used by society. And all I was doing was like checking people out, making their sandwiches, blah, 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 whatever, and getting them ice cream. And people just didn't say thank you. And I remember how much it had gotten to me by the end of the summer. And I was grateful that it was almost over. But anyway, so if that's, if you're out there, say thank you to, I think everybody should probably be in the food service system at some point, just so they can understand what it's like to have to go through that. And I remember being so tired and my feet hurting and being, and I had a bad back at the time. I was still healing my back. So I was like, this hurts. Yeah, it was just funny. I was also probably a little spoiled. If you have a loving parents, then you are a little spoiled. Yeah, it's and, true. And it, it, it's tough when you go out there in the real world and you kind of have to toughen up a little bit and kind of have the mindset that don't take things personally, like you said. Yeah. You know, don't take it to, it's not against you. It's not all about you it's it's just the way things are you kind of have to to look at it from a different perspective yeah well they were just trying to get their sandwich trying to get on their way yeah, yeah they had yeah. a whole bunch of things on their mind they exactly really care about yeah. what I was thinking or feeling so I know that your mom was a huge inspiration for you in terms of how you've gone on to create your life I want you to talk a little bit about that like what was the one thing she taught you no, I mean, I mean, I should tell you a lot of stuff, but like, what's the one thing that stands out? <laughs> the, she taught me a lot. She taught, we, we wash our clothes with our hands when we were in Thailand as a kid. She taught me to do all that, taught me to cook. She's a wonderful cook. But the one thing that stood out in my mind was when I was nine years old, she was dressing me up for, for a school performance. And I was supposed to dance on stage with a bunch of friends and stuff. That's a performance. And she was like, she tried to give me some encouragement. And she always tell us this. And I remember at that point, it just hit me. She's like, remember, little Sash, you can be anything. You can do anything. Remember that. And I carry that on with me for the rest of my life. I go to school, I go, mom said, I can do anything, I can be anything. I'm making straight A's, you know? Mom said, I can do anything, I can be anything. I don't understand English, but guess what? I'm making straight A and I did. I'm gonna graduate with honor and I did. And you never know what would help your kids or help people in your life, the little things that you don't think that is that significant. My mom was just trying to encourage me and that's her being anyway. She always encouraging. She always tell us, remember you can be anything, you can do anything. And it, it carries me until this day. And before we end, I, I would tell you what I'm going through right now. You oh. think, I went through shit. Oh, no, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going through hell right now. It's like, oh God, he's preparing me for the greatest thing that he wants me to do for humanity. And I'm accepting the challenge. I don't think I have a choice, but 
we can talk about that toward the end. <laughs> what is it that you're like, doing? What's your mission? What I'm experiencing right now, you, you, you read my stories, how the childhood wasn't easy. It was rough. I, I moved here. I joined the Air Force. I got a divorce and you know, went to bankruptcy. And my my husband right now, we, we got married a couple of years ago. And when we first dating, he was living in Switzerland. So all this, this stuff, I was raising my two children as a single mom. I, I feel like I've been through a lot and I'm like, yes, this is the happy time. And God doesn't give you what you're not ready for. And, and, and I think he, he give you what will give you spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. We come here, I don't know how many thousand times on this earth. Each time we come, our spirit gets stronger. We grow a little wiser. We, we come as this little baby and we grow up and and when we were shy, we were innocent and pure. And then the world threw all this at us. And we supposed to figure out and remember the wisdom from all this past life and apply that and help those who go through the same road you are traveling. And what what I wasn't sure if I'm gonna talk about this, but I think this is a good time. I have two sons, 20 years old and 18. On April 11th, two and a half weeks ago, my 20-year-old passed away suddenly. Oh my God. And we're still going through the process of grieving, accepting, of dealing with this grief. And, and I have my moments when I just want to punch the wall and be angry at the world. But luckily, God gave me all this wisdom that he taught me along the way until now. And I was like, if I am not this far along in my spiritual journey, I would just die. I would just fold and mm-hmm. I would just go into the corner and never come out. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel for all those people out there who need my help and your help and all the ones that come before them that experienced this and came through it and learned the wisdom from it to pass that along and said, hey, everything will be okay. Trust God have your back. He will not give you anything that you cannot handle. Everything happened for a reason. I'm at the point where I am honoring the life of my son. This is the first day that I didn't wear black and white. According to our tradition, for 100 days, you were all black or black and white. Today, I was like, I talked to my husband. we getting ready to go on a, a trip just to heal, a healing trip, me, uh, my husband and my younger son. I'm like, I'm just going to be bringing black and white to honor my son for 100 days. And we were discussing that and, and we were like, Andrew, that's my, my son's name, would never want you to be in pain, in sorrow, to live life like this. He want, would want you to be happy, full of colors, full of life. And I decided today, okay, for the podcast and from 
today I would not wear black and white unless black is is kind of stylish. <laughs> and, and everybody wear black and we don't think a second of it. But for me, it's like a reminder every day I choose black. But today I said, Andrew, I'm leaving my life for you. I will enjoy every single minute of life for you. I will take you everywhere with me. And that's, I thought that I've been through many things. And this is the toughest thing I have gone through. And I hope this is it. I hope God said, oh, Sass, you graduated from spiritual school. You're, you're done. And now you can be the light worker and help others. But, you know. He was an amazing kid, amazing human being, kind. He loves nature. He loves to travel. So I'm picking up his ashes on Monday, and I'll take him with me everywhere and sprinkle a little bit of ashes everywhere. My entire life, I'll take him with me. But, you know... I I was prepared because I um God gave me this function in the world to to forgive, to be the light, to give hope. So there is hope after you lose your loved ones. My inspiration is we are all one. If I'm wallow in sorrow, my energy that I give out to the world, to my surrounding, to the plants, even <clears throat> to, to my family is, is sorrow. I don't want that. I don't want to give that to other people. You cannot give what you don't have. If you want to give happiness, you have to be happiness. You have to embody happiness. So what, what, one of the things that I work on, and, and you can check my website, is the self-love journey. And, and that, because I went through that self-love journey, it really helped me deal with what I'm dealing right now. Because you know, to take care of yourself, it's not selfish, because if you don't take care of yourself, you don't. You can't take care of others. I, I cannot try to help all the women out there, all the people out there, if I'm a basket case. I cannot inspire my son who just lost his brother to move on if I'm a basket case. I can't, I can't be the wife that I wanted to be to my husband if I'm a basket case. I can only give what I have. So I will be happy. So I can keep happiness. I will be loved. So I can keep love. I will be joyful. So I can give joy. I will be hopeful. So I can keep hope. I will be trustful because we all need to have trust so I can keep trust. 
trust that everything will be okay. Trust that everything will happen for a reason. Trust that no matter where your loved ones are, they're always with you because we are all one connected being. Virtual hug. <laughs> You're so sweet. Life, life is a journey and, and there are rocks and and mountains to climb, that there are obstacles in front of us. We can either go through that path, bitching and complaining or crying, or we can stop and say, oh, there's a rock, let me take a break. I'm gonna climb over that huge rock. Let me enjoy the flowers here, look at the birds there. You can choose how you want your journey to be. It can be dark, it can be deep with sorrow, or it can be bright, full of joy, full of happiness, is how you look at the world, is how you look at everything. You are absolutely incredible. Thank you. And uh, I feel so honored that you came here today. I'm honored to be on your podcast. You're a beautiful human being too. We are all the same. Nobody is better than anybody. We are all perfect spiritual beings having different human experiences. We are here to support each other and love each other. I can see your son next to you. Thank you. He's on the right side. And do I love you? (laughs) And he keeps, was he into art? Like, was he very artistic? He's really creative. Very creative. Um, I almost feel like I I keep seeing spray paint, almost like large letters or some kind of design using lots of bright colors and spray paint. He he did that when he was younger while I was cleaning up his apartment. One of the things that I I taught in my supper journey is to let go of things because things are just things. They have no meaning unless you give the meaning to it. It's just thing, but it's special to me because I love Yoda. But you give the meaning right to the objects of this world. Yes. And I remember he when he was maybe about well, maybe 10, 11, he painted the world. And I bought him this big foam, round foam thing. And he is just so accurate. He was painting North America, America, and all the stuff like freehand. Mm. And he just looked at the thing. I was like, Andrew, how did you do that? I was like, Mom, I just look at it. And then I paint. He kept that and I let it go. I, I let all the things of this world go. The only thing that not the only thing, there's a couple of things that I kept with me, which of course, Andrew in my heart, always, he's always with me. The other thing is Pikachu. (laughs) He (laughs) loves Pikachu. When my ex-husband, before we had Andrew, we went on a trip to California. That's way before anybody know what Pikachu is. And we bought this stuff, Pikachu, it's like this big. And when Andrew was born, we gave him that, and he loves Pikachu. We would carry Pikachu everywhere with mm. him. So that's what I kept. And everything else, little things, of course, when they were little, that is in a box, small box. I don't have a closet full or an attic full of stuff. If I think that I can give this away and other people can use it, 
and can make use of it. I go, it's better giving to charity and some kid can have some joy out of it than to put it in the attic somewhere. So we let go of all the old toys and stuff a long time ago. Yeah, we live similarly. I wouldn't say we're as good as you <laughs> sound to be uh, about letting go of things, but it's true. Things own you. You have to keep track of it mentally and it does give you meaning. And sometimes that meaning is not something that we're even aware of, of like the language it's really conveying. For instance, sometimes we're like, oh, I'll save that pair of jeans and I'll fit into them again. But every time you see them, you're like thinking about how you're not skinny enough to get in them. <laughs> and it may put you in a bad mood. So yeah. sometimes it's just better to let go of those things. I watched the home edit show. Do you ever watch the home edit? It's on. I don't watch TV. I, I didn't think so. Actually, TV. as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, she doesn't watch TV. This is way too enlightened for that. It, it's called the home edit and it's very cute because it's in rainbow colors, which I like. They really go through things and obviously doing like the Maria Kondo idea, which is like, if it doesn't bring you joy, you should let it go. And there was a guy on there that had a whole sneaker collection mm -hmm. and he, I was actually something I'd never even heard of. He said he has two on ice which means that he would have one pair that he'd wear and two in the closet. So for when that pair was dirty, then he would wear the other one or whatever, and then keep one to sell later down the road. Mm -hmm. And he decided to donate a lot of it. And when he realized that he could be helping these inner city kids that can't afford shoes and like were walking to school or wanting to mm -hmm. get on the basketball team, but couldn't play basketball because they didn't have the right shoes. Right. It changed his whole mindset and like his outlook on life. And it was like, it's so true. We hold on to these things, but for what? What they right, could do right. other people could be amazing. Right. So I I just think you are amazing. And if you're a listener out there, please send her some words of encouragement on Instagram or Facebook. Your your Facebook is peace, love, ha happiness. Did I say that right? Yeah. Uh, health, peace, happiness. Ha health, peace, happiness, right? And your Instagram is, what is it? Doctor, like dr. Dot S A S. Yeah. Dr. Sass. I was going to say that, but I, then I was like, oh, and then your D website underscore dr. Dot underscore S -A -S. Yeah. yeah. Your website is Dr. Sass dot dot US. Yes. Yeah. So please send her some kind of words of encouragement. I mean, this episode has been mind blowing. You're a beautiful human being and you are, you. you are so strong. And I love how you are moving through this time period in your life in a way that you can honor your son, bring joy to people, like you said, and be there for people. It's just, you're incredible. And I would like to introduce you to some people that I know that I think you would really connect well with. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Is there anything else you want to share with the podcast listener? The one thing that I think we forget when we go through the day we forget to live life consciously. I said to start living life consciously, going through the day, don't just grab things and run out the door. Consciously tell your loved ones, I love you. Consciously decide that before you leave the house, I will have a good day. Mm. Consciously go through the day and said, this is not what I want to experience and change that mindset. So live life consciously. I was just talking to somebody yesterday and I asked that exact same question. Are you living consciously? Yeah. Are you creating consciously? It's, yes. a, it's a great question. 
you are a beautiful soul. Thank you for being here on the show and sharing your love and light and joy. Everything that you've accomplished in your life is absolutely amazing. And you are a wonderful healer on this planet. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you for having me. All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.